0: Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Sunday Morning Message. Today's message is entitled, Modern Family Part 3, by Lead Pastor Rex Johnson. So today we're going to be talking about modern day, or modern family, part 3. Now... It's very d- difficult for me to talk about modern family because I like old-fashioned values. I'm just an old-fashioned value kind of guy. But, but at the same time, we, we need to talk about where we are in today's realm. I want to talk to you today about a recipe for parenting the next generation. A recipe for parenting the next generation. That's what I want to talk about today. And uh, with God's help, turn to somebody and say, Give us a recipe, Pastor. Give us a recipe. Help us today amen you may be seated i made a startling discovery soon after misty my first child was born here was that discovery kids don't come with instruction manuals they really don't and the way we dealt with this emergency was to call my mom and my wife's mom with questions that went something like this mom she's doing this is she supposed to do that and if so what do we do when she does that Most parents feel like the story I heard one day about the young student uh, of child behavior who frequently delivered a lecture called the Ten Commandments of Parents or for Parents. And he married one day and became a dad and the title of his lecture was altered to ten hints for parents. Then another child arrived and the lecture became some suggestions for parents. And the third child was born. The lecturer said, said, uh, you know what, I think I'm just going to quit lecturing. So the lecturing stopped. The truth is that we're never more opinionated about child rearing than when we don't have any ourselves. (laughs) That's a fact. We say things like, my child would never, 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 never do that. (laughs) Hang on, baby, just have a few. Those words will come back to haunt you. Mark Twain, great humorist had these words of advice of raising kids. He said, when they become teenagers, put them in a barrel and feed them through a knot hole. And when they turn 16, close the knot hole up. (laughs) Two kids were discussing their parents one day, and one said, I'm really worried. My dad slaves away at his job so that I can have everything I need so I'll be able to go to college someday. And my mom works hard washing iron and cleaning up after me, taking care of me when I'm sick drive me everywhere I want to go and they spend every day of their lives working for me but I'm worried his friend said what in the world do you have to worry about he said I'm afraid they're going to try to escape someday (laughs) yeah James Dobson in his book the strong-willed child said child rearing is like baking a cake you don't realize you have a disaster until it's too late (laughs) So I want to I I I talk to you today. The, the success in both child running and cake baking is best achieved by following a recipe. But I want to go on record today. I want to go on record that if I, if, I, if I gave you 15 things today, I'm not going to give you 15, but if I gave you a list of 15 things, it's not about the list. What I want to tell you today is that we have an advantage in a place called the Church of the Living God. Because we have God in our corner. The Bible said that God was the daysman. He was the daysman for Job. And so we have a daysman. We have an umpire in our corner. We have somebody that says that's right thinking. That's not right thinking. You need to think about that. You need to talk about that. You need to discuss that. And I'm so glad we have a God factor in our homes. Amen? Aren't you glad we have a God factor in our life? Why don't you cheer for the Lord right now because we have a God factor. There's something powerful to be said about having a God factor in your life. The first ingredient I want to tell you, if you're going to be a, a, a good parent, is you've got to recognize your child is a gift from God. Your child is a gift from God. Your child is not, oh, my God, a mistake has happened again. Your child, no matter if it was an oops or it was a mint, your child is a gift from God. Psalms 127 said, Behold, children are the heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a, is a reward like arrows in the hands of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of kids. So the more kids you have, I guess it just makes you a little more insane. You just get happy about everything. (laughs) But it's happiness. It's joy. Uh, I I, I love these little old things. I like to bring them to the church from time to time. I I read where these eight, nine-year-old kids wrote their pastor, and I've gotten some letters too, believe me. But it said one one kid said this eight nine year olds. Now I'm sorry, Pastor, I can't leave more money in the plate. But my father didn't give me a raise in my allowance. Could you preach on a sermon about allowance raises? (laughs) Dear Pastor, I think a lot more people would come to your church if you moved it to Disneyland. (laughs) I love these eight nine year olds. Dear Pastor, please say in your sermon that Patrick Peterson has been a good boy all week. By the way, I am Patrick Peterson. Dear Pastor, please say a prayer for our Little League team. We need either God's help or a new pitcher. Thank you. (laughs) Dear Pastor, my father says I should learn the Ten Commandments, but I don't think I want to because we have enough rules already in this house. And my favorite, dear Pastor, I liked your sermon on Sunday, especially when it was over. (laughs) I want to tell you something. If you think kids at 8 and 9 are that sharp, what do you think they are when they get 16 to 18? Hey, they're quick, they're sharp. I will tell you this, that kids walk on your feet when when they're infants and they walk on your heart when they get older. But no matter where they walk, no matter how they walk, here's what I want to tell you. All the days of your life, the first thing you've got to understand is a child is a gift from God. Every day you look at that child, come on, get, get excited about that. Every day you look at that child, you say, I've been blessed. I have been blessed. Every day you look at that child, it's Christmas all over again. Because kids are a gift from God. And all the kids say amen to that. Amen. Thank you very much. I'm trying to help you kids. The second ingredient is that you have to show unconditional love to that gift from God. Unconditional love. Love cannot have conditions in it. I told my daughters years ago that they would always be in relationship with me. They may not always be in fellowship with my directs and my directives, but they'll always be in relationship. No matter what they do or where they go, they'll always be my daughters. They'll always be mine. And when I told them this, I hate to tell you this, when I told them this, I was crying like I had just lost my mind. But I was weeping to my girls. I said, girls, I will always be your daddy. And no matter where you go, no matter what you become, no matter who you are, you'll always have somebody in your life that loves you. And I got somebody else that loves you. I said, God's for you and I'm always for you. You've got to have unconditional love. When the prodigal son, the youngest boy, came to his dad, he took everything that he had for him out of the bank. He said, Dad, give me all that's coming to me, everything that's coming to me. And he took it and he spent it riotously. But what did his dad do? His dad put a calf up in the stall to get it fat. A dad made a robe for him when he came back. A dad made a jeweler make a ring because he saved that because one day he thought maybe that boy might decide to come home. Maybe that child might decide to turn around. And if he does, I'm going to have the robe ready. I'm going to have the ring ready. I'm going to have the shoe cobbler make his shoes. And we're going to have the biggest fatted calf you ever seen in your life because love has to be unconditional for your kids. I spent some time in Canada preaching several years ago in a city called Toronto, and it was an awesome thing because I I stayed with some people who were pastors that had a wayward son, and they they had a downstairs, a basement area downstairs. And the mother, the mother every night, they would unlock the window at night and lock the window during the day because they knew the boy wouldn't come home during the day. But the boy had been gone for 10 years when I visited their home. And they left that window open at night. They unlocked it. And they put a sign on that window that said, this window is not locked. If you decide to come home, this is your bed. And the mother would make food every day. She'd take leftovers of what her and her husband had eaten. And she'd put it down there on the dresser in his room. Every day, folks, for 10 years. She did that. And one day she went down and noticed that the bed was ruffled and the covers had been slept in. And she came back up the stairs and she said, honey, the food's gone. My boy's been home tonight. It could have been, a, it could have been anybody, but they knew it was the boy. And, and years later, the boy finally, finally got his act together. And he came back, like after 11 years, he came back and now he's living for God. He's living for God today, I might add. But he came home. And he said, mama... The thing that, that, that compelled me more than anything is when I would come home, that same sign would be in that window. I'd look in and I'd see food on that dresser. I'd see a bed that was made up for me. I would see clothes that were hung out for me. And mom, I don't I can't tell you how many times I wanted to come in, but I had done you and Dad so wrong so long, and I couldn't come back. But said finally one day I said, You know what? I'm going to come home because mama loves me more than my guilt can ever hold me back. And I'm here to declare to you, if you're a parent, you've got to love unconditionally. It doesn't matter if it's been 10 years, 15 years. Come on, keep loving that kid. Keep loving that child. That's the joy of being a parent. That's a true story. I love those people. The next thing I want to share with you is simply this. You've got to recognize and work with your child's natural bents. Now, here's what I want to say about that. Not every child's the same. wish to God we could just say, you know what, I've got these principles and I'm going I'm to raise all, all my kids the same. Everyone's going to be the same. They're not all the same. Every child's got a different bent, if I can use that terminology. Every child's a little bit different in their mindset. The same parents can produce two children and one can be a Cain one can be an Abel. The same parents can produce two, two uh, twins, and one can be a Jacob, one can be an Esau. It can just happen that way. A parent can have an older son named Cain and a younger son named Abel, and one of them gets mad at the other and slays him. It, it, you know, it just happens. Those things happen in life, and we're about life. This is modern family. Are you with me? But I want to tell you something. There, there, there's something that you need to understand is that everybody, everybody, train up a child, the Bible said, in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart. And there's a, there's a beautiful thing here that I want to say to you that some parents have been the best parents that you could be. You've been the greatest parents that you could ever be in your life, and your kids have gone a wall on you. And then there's some of you people that are sitting here that don't have parents that are worth anything. Your parents have never given you anything. They've never blessed you with anything, and yet here you are living for God so it doesn't always work this way but if we have an opportunity to do the right thing why don't we just set our mind to do the right thing because every child needs to understand that they're going to have to have special attention in particular areas and other children have special attention in particular areas that 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 Proverbs 22 and and 6 is here's what I want to put it's paraphrased like this put this on the screen adapt the training Of your child so that it is in keeping with his God-given characteristics. Hear me now. His God-given and tendencies. And when he comes to maturity, he will not depart from the training that he has received. Every child has to have the ability to have a dad and a mom understand psychologically and spiritually where that child is. And some children do better with correction and some children don't do better with correction. Some do better with encouragement. But here's what I want to tell you. Every child needs personal attention from a mom and dad. You can't just have a cluster of them and say, well, I got 12. It's all right to have 12. I don't care if your name is Duggar and you're here today. And you got 22 kids. It does not matter. Every child matters in the kingdom of God you hear me everybody matters in the house it does not matter how many children you have every child matters in that house you know you know you know the food that you like today is the food that you probably ate when you was a young person or the food that you have eaten as a teenager because you adapted yourself to like that you know when a when a when a when a uh, a baby was born in israel you know what the midwife would do the midwife would go dip her finger in a paste made of dates dip her finger and rub the gums of that little infant baby so that that baby would create a thirst in it so it would suck and it would it would nurse to its mother. Here's what I want to tell you. There are some things that you can suggest, there's some things that you can lead your kids into. There's some things that you can bring your kids into a compilation of and understand of that this is the way we're going to go in this house. There's little hints, there's little leanings that you can bring. There's things that you can straighten a child up with and it's not all with this and it's not all with this. It's all about how you handle a child, but here's the joy of it. The the first thing you got to understand is that child is a gift and the second thing you got to understand is that child has got to have unconditional love and when that child knows that and understands that then the suggestions you make many times will be suggestions you'll say hey dad I like that hey mom you're cool I like that you know why because he knows he's a gift to you she knows she's a gift to you and they know you have unconditional love to them clap your hands and say amen to that amen Now, the Christian parent's job is to create a thirst. Deuteronomy 6 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. In other words, every child needs to hear the glorious good news of what this family is about. You know, I, I've, got a, I've got a little old uh, grandson. He's three years old. He's three years old, and, and he has, uh, he's, really, he's really taken to the drums. I don't know. He's taken to golf. You ask him, what is your name? He said, my name is Windsor. When I grow up, I'm going to be a golfer. And he said, and a baseball player that plays the drums. So it's in that order. But, but he, 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 he comes in this church, and the staff, I love them, God love them, but they're, they're, they're feeding his appetite. They'll bring him in here, let him play the drums, and, and he, he loves to play the drums, and he don't understand why at three he can't play them right now. But I am so grateful, I am so grateful that we as a family understand that he is getting an appetite His appetite is being fed on things that are godly and things that are right. I want to be a drummer. He's ready to move Josh out right now. Just get him out of that drum booth. But he, he is three years old, and that's what he wants. He, lo- he loves running through this church. It, 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 it's, just a, it's a habitat for him. It's a habitat. What we're doing, we're putting something on his gums that's creating thirst in his life, and he's wanting to be in the house of God. Parents, the greatest thing you could ever do for your children is to rise up and say, our house is going to the house of the Lord today. This is what we're going to do. It's just normal. It's Sunday morning. We're going to be in God's house. It doesn't matter what bent your child is. We're going to be in the house of the Lord today. I love it. The fourth thing I want to share with you today is simply this: you need consistent and constant discipline in your life. You need it in your life, Mom and Dad, Amen. and your children need it in their life. Now, I, I, I want to. I, I know that this is this is very difficult to get into. Very difficult because I'm more Solomon than Spock, but at the same time. I'm not I'm not saying go out there and wear your child out. No, 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 no. But I will tell you this, I will tell you this, that it is important, it is important who is in control early on in life. That child can be your friend, but you're its parent. And a parent has got to make decisions for a child that can't make decisions for themselves till they learn how to make decisions for themselves. Can you say amen to that? I'm telling you, the Bible said in Proverbs 29, The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. And again in verse 17, Correct your son, and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your soul. In other words, a son that is corrected will make you rest and delight to your soul. That, that lets me know that every now and then it's okay to say no. It's all right to say no. But they're doing it over yonder. I don't care what they're doing over there. No is in our house. And I'm not trying to make enemies out of you right now or your kids. But I'm telling you, there are some things that we just don't do as spirit-filled Christians. Mom, I want to go to a party. Well, who's going to be at that party? You need to ask that. Is there going to be a chaperone party? Is there going to be drinking there? Is there going to be drugs there? Is there going to be all kind? What What's going to happen at that party? Who's going, is anybody chaperoning that party? I think it's all right to ask questions every now and then. I may be old fogey, and I know I'm preaching to modern family, but sometime we've got to bake the right kind of cake in our life and produce the kind of Christians that we want to see in our life. <laughs> Boy, I'm standing alone up here right now, and I feel it, but it's all right. I got a little chain here that says, don't drive any faster than your guardian angel can fly. I'm going to put it right here. (laughs) Stay with me, Lord. Don't leave me now. Because we're in a society. Whatever, whatever, whatever you want to do is fine. We don't want to govern. We don't want to guard. We don't want to guide. But I'm here to declare to you, you must have consistent discipline in your life. The Houston Juvenile Delinquents Center in Houston, Texas, wrote this. Charles Swindoll Wrote it in a book, and I, I copied it from Mr. Swindoll. Here's what it says if you, want to, if you want to raise delinquent children. Number one, begin with empathy to give the child everything he wants. In this way, he will grow up to believe the world owes him a living. Number two, when he picks up bad words, laugh at him. This will make him think he's cute. Number three, never give him any spiritual training. Wait till he's 21 and then let him decide for himself. Number four, avoid the use of, word, of the word wrong. It may develop a guilt complex, and that will condition him to believe later, when he's arrested for stealing a car, that society is against him and he's being persecuted. Pick up everything he leaves lying around. Do everything for him so that he will ex- be, be experienced in throwing all responsibility on others. He's a, a good at chunking stuff. Number six, let him read any printed material that you that he can get his hands on. Anything. Be careful that the silverware and the drinking glasses are sterilized. But let his mind feast on garbage. Number seven. Oh God, you still you still love me. Number seven, quarrel frequently in the presence of your children. In this way, they won't be shocked when the home is broken up later. Number eight, give a child all the spending money he wants. Never let him earn his own. Oh, Daddy Wendell would love that one right there. Number nine, satisfy his ever craving for food, drink, and comfort. See that every sensual desire is gratified. Number 10, take his part against neighbors, against teachers, and against policemen. They're all prejudiced against your child anyhow. You know that. And when he gets into trouble, apologize for yourself by saying, I never could do anything with him. And then number 12, prepare for a life of grief. You'll likely have it. I'm just trying to talk some old fashioned values. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 and 4 Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training. Everybody say training, training. everybody say instruction. One of those words has a broader meaning. It means educate. Educate your kids. Educate with discipline. Educate them. And the other word, the word uh, instruction means simply this. Involve them in reasoning and the gentle or friendly reproof. In other words, it means mind and to place. To place in a mind, reasoning, and gentle, friendly reproof. I'm telling you, if you are a dad that knows, that kid knows that you love him, and that kid knows that he is a gift to you, that child will listen to you when you come with consistent discipline. It's not just you boil it out and say, all right, it's 30 days now. It's time for the big whip house. Here we go. We're going to whip everybody in the house today. No, no, no. It's better to just every day. Just a gentle reminder. No, 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 no. That's, no, no, no. Because every now and then, you've got to just make little, little course corrections. You can't just turn a child when he's 16 or 17 years old. Start right now. You that are dedicating your children, start right now. And tell them when that child reaches for something, say, uh-uh, uh-uh. You don't have to knock their hand off. Let them have a hand, but just kind of tap it. No, 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 not today. We may do that tomorrow, but not today. Because chocolate's not good for you at two months old. You know what I'm saying. And Coca Cola don't do you good, you know. I gave I gave Misty I gave Misty uh, I gave her some uh, prunes one time. Are you with me? When she was four weeks old, and she got choked, and I had to run my finger down her throat and get her unchoked, and it scared me to death. But I thought I was gonna I was gonna help her be moved. Amen. <laughs> Not everything we do is right. I'm trying to help some people today. You know, you know, God's been good to me. I, I, I will just go on record and say I've made so many mistakes in child raising. And, and I, I, I wouldn't even preach. I wouldn't even attempt to teach something like this 15, 17 years ago. But God's been good to us. And I'm not bragging here today. But God's been good to us. But my kids are not perfect children. They have had their ups and downs. They've had their faults. They've had their failures. They've fallen flat on their face and gotten back up. But they understood that we loved them. They understood we were there for them. They understood they could come home. They understood that everything was going to be made right. They understood that God still loved them. And you've got to to love your kids from the time they're this high till they're big enough to hug you this way. I'm here to declare to you, your children need parents all the days of their lives. You've got to be a parent till you die. You've got to be a parent till you die. And I know that I, 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 I bother some people because you, your children are not doing well. They're not doing good. And I understand that. And I'm, I'm sorry for you. I, I'm really sorry for you. But I'm, I'm just trying to help people. I'm not trying to hurt people. I'm trying to help people to guide you. To maybe help you not make the mistakes that perhaps I made. That perhaps others have made in their life. Let me tell you some th- five little things. Never discipline in anger. Never. Never do that. And pick your battles. Not everything is worthy of a battle. You don't have to fight every time. Realize that even children need to express anger from time to time. I'd hate to think that my, my child never got angry. And choose the best time and place to discipline. Never discipline in anger. i say it again. And always discipline in private. Never do it public. And choose your words carefully and speak in soft tones of voice. Because Proverbs 15 and 1 said, a soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. You can be just as strong a person giving correction to your child when you say, "Hun, you know, that ain't going to work. You know, son, it's not going to work. We're going to have to talk. You're going sit down. You're going to stand up. What are you going to do? Let's talk. Because we've got to talk. You don't have to act like that they're in the barn and you're in the house and you're trying to reach them. You can just talk to them because kids need somebody that continually loves them. Would you clap your hands to the Lord right now? And the fifth thing, and I close today, I close with this. Be willing to admit sometimes you're wrong. You know, we got macho men and, uh, I'm a nacho man. My favorite snack when I go home and there's nothing else to eat, fix me up four or five chips and some nacho cheese on it. God, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. But there are some men. I'm going to go ahead and say it because I'm one of you that never want to say, you know I messed up. I goofed. I didn't do that one right. I dropped the ball on that one. I hollered at my boy when I shouldn't have hollered at him. The last day my little boy lived. He wanted to go out and play wiffle ball with me. And it was the 13th day of the month that I was paying bills. And I told him, I said, son, I'm trying to keep the wolf away from the door. I'm paying bills and I got to pay these bills. We don't have time for wiffle ball today. I'll play wiffle ball with you later. He runs to the door and opens it up. And he comes back and said, dad, I've been to the door. There's no wolf at the door. And he hounded me he hounded me to play ball and I finally said mom would you, mom, would you take him and do something with him and she took him and he was crying she loaded him in the car and took him to the mall that was the last time I saw him There are some things more important than just taking care of your business, Dad. There's some things more important than just cleaning the house and making sure it's spick and span. My girls are all quick minded. They're, they're, they're fast on their feet. They're, they're real quick. They're real quick. And I've just learned to be real quiet at the house. Because they can, they can just throw me under the bus right now. But I remember telling them. I, me- I remember telling them. With tears in my eyes, girls, I've made mistakes <laughs> raising you. Because I wanted... I wanted you to be the perfect kids because I was a pastor. I'm sorry, forgive me. And you're not perfect. But can I thank you from the bottom of my heart for allowing my kids just to be kids growing up here in this church. When I came, one was 15. She is trying her freedom. One was six, she was trying to grow a new tooth. And one was three, she didn't know who she was. But they've all been raised right here in this church. And you have blessed my kids when I made mistakes with my own kids. You've blessed my kids. You've blessed my kids. And so as a pastor today, let me just reverse that, okay? You've made mistakes with your kids. Aren't you glad you got a church that's here for you today? Aren't you glad you've got a church that's here for you today? No, I'm not going to put all the blame on you. No, 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 no. No, no, no. My brother, my brother was born in the same house, under the same roof, went to the same little churches, heard the same preaching, somehow missed it but it stuck with me it stuck and I'm here today preaching the gospel because it stuck and I'm not going to lay the blame at the feet of parents here today but I will tell you this God wants us to give our very best effort to be the very best parents that we can be to raise our kids in a modern world with some old fashioned values it's a great day to know Jesus Christ bow your heads dear father I love you I thank you today for your goodness and I know Lord I know Lord that governing principles for training our children does not give us guarantees I know that but at the same time God would you would you come down and would you audit your word today audit the word that I've given these people and and not only do that Lord not only just show up and listen to it God but will you will you put it in the hearts of people moms and dads to let them know God to let them know without any shadow of a doubt that what they have beside them and what they have next door in Sunday school is a gift it's a gift a gift that needs unconditional love and needs consistent discipline and needs to understand that every child has a different bent every child has a different mindset and we all have to take care of every one of our childs individually and God let us understand that we can make mistakes in our life also but give us the opportunity and the property to say I'm sorry I'm sorry forgive me because I made a mistake and when that child hears that a mom and dad can make mistake then they'll know that down the road somewhere when they make mistakes they can be forgiven also And they'll come back to the fold of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for this church today. I thank you for your blessings today. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit clcaustin.com.